Paceline is a production of the Cycling Independent with the support of listeners like you and the master bike builders at Seven Cycles. We are community supported, community focused, and dedicated to the whole of cycling. At the Cycling Independent, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. Cycling Independent, this is The Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. I'm Patrick Brady, and with me is my co-host, John Emlin Robot Lewis. Each week, we take a look at how cycling fits in our lives. Uh, Before we get into your fun, I'm going to get this out there just so that I can be on record as having something uh, cool about to happen in my life. (laughs) Yep, go ahead. This weekend, and, and I, you know, I also, uh, I'm going to get out in front of this and admit that it's not actually cycling specific, but this coming weekend, I'm going to go skate skiing for the first time in like 26 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'd be interested to hear how quickly the technique comes back. I'm hopeful that the skating part of the skate skiing uh, goes okay, mm-hmm. but um, my little vestigial t-rex arms um right let's just say i expect to hear a lot of laughter (laughs) (laughs) you're doing this uh somewhere near seattle yeah yeah i'll be i'll be flying up uh to seattle um and uh there there's actually gear that i've purchased with a gift card from my employer uh, on its way to Seattle. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I'm getting back in the game. I am. I mean, now that I'm going to a place that actually gets snow and what with having a girlfriend who does skate skiing, um, I now feel silly that when she first mentioned, I was like, Nope, I don't have the arms for it anymore. Nope. Used to have triceps, lats, uh, the whole thing. Nope, don't don't have that. Too many years of bike racing. Sorry. Well, well, that is silly. You're right, and she does often call me a silly goose. Uh, if that's all she calls you, you're in good shape. <laughs> I would have to, given some of the other things I've been called, I'd have to agree with you. Sure. <laughs> all right. Yeah, silly goose is downright charming. Um. Well, so is she. Um. So I, sure. I, I benefit that way. You've had a wonderful adventure. Um, it, it may be that avarice is the, uh, is of the seven deadly sins, the one most likely to kill me, mm-hmm. uh, which is to say, Oh my gosh, I am envious of what you've just done. So without further ado, dude, New Zealand mountain bikes, what the hell? I went to New Zealand and I rode bikes and I will tell you about it. Um, soon. Yes. (laughs) I'll, I'll commence. So first, uh, it's not possible to really know a place in a little over a week, nor is it possible to sum up the riding properly in a couple of long adventures on rented bikes. I'll, so I'm, I'm going to give you my impressions and I'll welcome 
anyone who knows different or better to chime in in the comments. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. my sample is very small. Mm-hmm. So, but it's I'm also gonna, awesome, right? It's awesome. Okay. Yes. Uh, so where should, where to start? First, our winter is their summer. This shouldn't be news, um, but it is my first trip to the Southern Hemisphere, mm-hmm. and it's hot there now. Uh, so I struggled a bit to deal with that, like I do when it's summertime here. Right, right. But but also the UV index is much higher there than it is here, even in our summertime. Oh, okay. The sun is intense, and it'll burn you, and you, it burned me. Okay, so you weren't coated in titanium dioxide. I was putting SPF 50 on myself every day and uh-huh. still burning. Holy cow. Yeah. Okay. Um, wow. Okay. Yes. Uh, it was, it was not as humid as it gets here. So uh, sometimes I was wearing long sleeves and a hood just to Mm -hmm. keep the sun off. Uh Um, it's a real thing that needs to be contended with. And fortunately, a lot of my riding was in the, in the forest. Uh, and that helped. Mm-hmm. Um, that's enough about weather. The second is that the people of New Zealand struck me as charmingly friendly and helpful. Uh, coming from the U.S. Northeast, this was a pleasant <laughs> revelation, <laughs> like a game changer. <laughs> and it really helped me enjoy the trip and the riding a lot more. Um, several times strangers helpfully guided me to better trail choices and or advice on where to get provisions when I was running low. Uh huh. Um, I, I, I will, as an aside, I went to the CVS, the consumer value store right here in my neighborhood just this morning. And the people there were unpleasant. I thought you might say surly, but okay. You know, let's be definitive. Yeah, they were unpleasant. Mm. And it's it's once you've been to a place where people aren't unpleasant, it really leaves you to wonder why. Why are we like this here? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just about the weather. Mm-hmm. There's something where it's culturally acceptable to be borderline hostile or indifferent to people that you're interacting with here. Yeah. I know not everywhere in the United States is this way, but I'll, just to my regional um, brethren and s- cistern, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say, come on, guys, do better. Um, pivoting now to the terrain. Uh, the terrain there is something else, at least the bits of it that I saw. Mm-hmm. I was on the North Island, which is distinctly different from the South. The the North is largely agricultural, while the South is more mountainous, more raw and less populated. Mm -hmm. I have a trip to the South Island on my list for the future, for sure, because (laughs) it looks it looks amazing. And everyone who's been there said it's jaw dropping. Um, What I found really interesting was the way the North Island, North Island rather looked like whales. Huh. With kind of like well-tended farms cutting up the landscape. It's it's idyllic, pastoral, and other words that basically mean charming. Um, <laughs> then right up next to those farms, you've got tropical bush. 
with like giant ferns and palm trees and vines and all very dense and steamy. <laughs> so it's whales only wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's definitely, it's definitely something out of a fantasy novel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and that brings me to the riding, which is mainly in the bush. Uh-huh. Um, I rode first in Rotorua, which is sometimes called Roto Vegas. Uh, because it's Why? where ev- yeah because it's where everything is happening oh okay okay yeah it's this it's it's sort of a tourist mecca ah um they've got every kind of thing there you know hiking biking um uh everything everything zip lining uh jet skis uh, they've got, I, I don't know if you can but think it, of an, is it strictly an outdoor Mecca or is there also gambling? Hence the Vegas. There's no gambling, at least not that I saw. Uh, uh-huh. but it's, you know, the town center is, is hopping. Uh, there's a ton of restaurants. Uh, it's really like a, a place. It's really a okay. place. <laughs> okay. Um, the mountain bike park in Rotorua is this sprawling trail system in the Wakarawarua forest. I'm not going to ask you to say that three times fast. No, please don't. It, it's taken me a while to get just there with it, and I'm still probably saying it wrong. Um, this place is full of California redwoods. Uh, okay. They were, they're not native. They were planted there in the earliest 20th in the early 20th century after a lot of the country was simply clear cut. Okay. Um, they were trying to see what non-native species they could cultivate for future lumber harvesting. <laughs> um, <but laughs> That's evil one, genius stuff. That is pretty, evil ge- yeah. 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 It's both sort of ecologically a bummer and also stunningly beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I think this particular forest benefits from being protected. A lot of it is on Maori land. Oh, uh-huh. Um and so yeah, it's 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 a pocket of stunning beauty. Um it's also dotted with geothermal pools, all of which smell like farts. Um <laughs> there are there are geysers in there. Uh, none, I didn't see geysers from the mountain bike trails, but you do come upon these like steaming sulfur pools. Uh huh. Um, basically it's an amazing place. It's like something from land of the lost or Jurassic park or Lord of the Rings or Lord of the, and Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Well, I went to the, where they, I went to the, um, the Mount Sauron later in the trip. I'll tell you about that. Oh, is that please. the name of it? No, Mount hmm. Mount Doom. Mount Doom. Yeah, Ooh. Sauron is the wizard. I don't know. I'm. I'm. There's yeah. all sorts of Hobbit stuff there because the films did get filmed right in in the North Island of New Zealand. But I did not engage with any Tolkien-based tourist destinations. Okay. So because I was there in Rotorua for just one day and because I was a long way from home and because I was riding with a friend who's not a skilled mountain biker, I opted for the Forest Loop Trail, uh, which is a 35 kilometer track that circles the whole place. Okay. Um, Although not technical, it was a real adventure and and a great ride. 
Uh, lots of switchback climbing, lots of picturesque views over Lake Rotorua, fun descents with big bank turns. Uh, it took me about three hours in that heat, uh, but mm-hmm. I thoroughly enjoyed it. At some point early on, my riding companion actually had to tap out. Um, having gotten off the plane the day before, I think jet lag hit him. I had been in ta- mm-hmm. uh, or in the country for a few days already because I, I went over for a wedding. Um, but he was not acclimated in any way. And, and the first switchback climb from the bike center broke his heart almost literally. Oh gosh. Okay. Now, before we go any further uh, and forgive me if you're about to answer these questions, but I'm curious, like, are we talking like, uh, smooth dirt machine cut trails, single track, pretty smooth, pretty smooth. Most of it pretty wide. Uh, two bike wide or, or fire road wide? Uh, no, I would say, I would say there were spots that were maybe two bike wide. You could certainly sneak past someone, Mm -hmm. um, but you wouldn't be riding abreast. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, really well marked, really well maintained. Um, I, I, I put a lot of thought into how I how I navigated myself there because what I love the very most is very technical single track. Mm -hmm. That's what I ride when I'm at home, big obstacles, punchy, hard stuff, et cetera. I didn't think that was going to be a good use of my time in New Zealand. Uh Uh-huh. Both because with no familiarity of the trails, I probably wasn't going to accomplish a lot. Technically you weren't planning to session anything. I wasn't going to session anything. I wasn't going to have time. I didn't think it was a a good idea to ride a trail multiple times just to ride obstacles. Right. Like I can do that at home. So what I was looking for was adventure. Mm -hmm. What I was looking for was to cover a lot of ground and see a lot of beauty. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's what I did. The forest loop really gave me a a view of the whole piece, Mm -hmm. the whole property. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it's 21 miles. That's a big loop. It's a big loop. Um, Yeah. And I got to, (laughs) I got to do all the climbing, uh, which was, which was good. Uh, my life literally got saved. Well, not literally. My 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 life got saved by uh, a warm Coke uh, and a snack at a, not quite at the halfway point, because after my friend uh, headed back to the the mountain bike center, I really started hammering. We'd been going pretty <laughs> we'd been going pretty slowly and I was like really champing at the bit. And then also I knew he was waiting for me back there. So I was uh-huh. like, ah, I've got another 20 kilometers to to crush and uh, I better get to it. But I, I kind of went too hard, especially not knowing how many climbs there were. <laughs> and and so I was on the verge of bonking when I stopped at this place and I was like, oh, no, am I going to have to call him to like drive around and pick me up? And like, <laughs> that's my whole ride here. That's a bummer. But the, that Coke sort of saved my life and I got back after it. OK, uh, next question. What is the new new uh, what is the New Zealand equivalent of the little Debbie snack cake? 
Oh. Um, what did you have? I. So I. This is a great question. I think the New Zealand equivalent of a Little Debbie snack cake is actually a meat pie. Oh. I mean, they've got sweet stuff there, but I don't think there's any sort of go-to thing. I had, a long time ago on the show, I reviewed, I picked and reviewed the, um, these walking tamales. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I had packed some of them uh, for this trip and for this ride, because I thought, if I get in trouble, real food will be real helpful. Especially something you're already familiar with. Exactly. Exactly. I needed, I need, I didn't even know this spot where you could buy snacks was, a, I didn't know it was there. I just sort of like came out of the trail into this parking lot and there was a trailer and they had drinks and, and food. Um, but he was making French fries and stuff and, mm-hmm. and I wasn't going to eat French fries. Um, but so I, I did down a tamale at that point. So between like the tamale, which is sort of longer burn calorie and the Coke, which was shorter burn, I actually really got back on track after that stop. I was afraid I was done. Mm. And of course, right out of that, that little parking lot spot, it's another long climb. Um, <laughs> so it, it was, it was, I was halfway up before I was like, oh, oh no, I, I am actually feeling better. Um, I also at that point ran into like a trail of Kiwis on, uh, e-bikes. Uh huh. They were, they were older folks. And, um, I sort of got on the back of their train and just rode back there and chit chatted with them for a while, while all those calories found their way to, uh, (laughs) their various places. So, um, it was good. I, I talked with them. They were super friendly and they gave me some advice about where to ride at my next destination, which I, mm-hmm. uh, which was Taupo, and I'll get there in a minute. Um, before we leave Rotorua, though, uh, I'll just say that it's a bike park, but it's a lot more. Uh, there's a restaurant and bike shop at the base. I rented my bike there. There are 300 kilometers of trail, so 200 miles of trail. Wow. With pretty much every technical level you could want. Um, and, and, and all of all 200 miles of trail are contained inside of a 20 mile loop. Yep. Holy cow. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And what's, what makes that even cooler is that because of the density of the bush, you don't see trails from other trails Mm -hmm. you're not like seeing people's i saw a few people uh, obviously the one i saw the ones on my loop but i periodically i would just see other riders spitting out from the ends of trails and most Mm -hmm. of the trails there are one way oh yeah yeah so you're rocketing down a technical descent and you don't have to like jam on the brakes because someone's coming up the other direction right right um so yeah it's really well done everything is really well marked like to to get lost there would be a challenge (laughs) which i am the no i'm kidding well i mean um 
part of my anxiety going in was, and part of the reason I chose this outer loop was because I could see what it was. I could see mm-hmm. what it was. I could see that it was going to be the most prominent trail there and that I would just be able to ride it and not think too hard about left here, right there, left here, right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know how well signed everything would be. And everything was incredibly well, mm-hmm. really well done. Like, I've never been to a better organized trail system. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. As, uh, um, so as much fun as I had that day, it was sort of heartbreaking to have only one day to explore it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. You can imagine. I, I have lived that particular angst of one day really only gave me enough of a view to know I want a lot more time here. Right. I think of yeah. like the time I rode at Gooseberry Mesa uh, near Zion National Park. And mm-hmm. Gooseberry Mesa is an absolutely mind-blowing place to ride. And I had one day there, uh, and it's at some altitude. And so I only actually was able to ride for a couple hours before I was cooked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that mm-hmm. was it. It's like going to Disneyland, and they let you ride Space Mountain and then kick you out. Right. I was just thinking of, like, going wine tasting but not buying any bottles of wine. Right. But yeah, I get that that doesn't compute for you. Sorry. It doesn't really compute for me, but it's the right ideas. But what I'll say about Rotorua is that it really is an absolute mecca and worth the 9,000 mile trip all on its own. (laughs) Okay. It was so good. So we were booked to go fly fishing the next day. My travel companion is a fly fisherman. I've never been fly fishing before, but I was, I was like, all right, you know, you're going to hang out while I mountain bike. I'll hang, Mm -hmm. I'll go fly fishing. And every moment after we left the mountain bike park until the fishing guide picked us up, I was like trying to think of ways out (laughs) so that I could go back to the bike park. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I I mean, I get it. Uh, Going fly, fly fishing is a wonderful experience, but after having encountered such an amazing mountain bike location, uh, to go do something that's only kind of interesting compared to like, oh my God, I was just in heaven. Yes. That must have been a struggle. It was a little bit of a struggle. I will say that the first thing we did with the guide was wade out into Lake Rotorua and there was like a, it was cool in the morning and there was like a layer of fog over the water and mm-hmm. it's surrounded by mountains. And it was really, really one of the most beautiful moments and spots that I can recall. So I, I'm not going to talk down fly fishing, but I will <laughs> say that it was painful not to ride again the next day. I mean, I was also somewhat cooked from the day before. So, and all sure. that traveling, it really, you're not your regular self while you're on a trip like that. No, <laughs> I mean, a 20 mile trail ride is not, you know, a leg breaker, but I was wiped afterwards. Mm-hmm. All right. So then Ta- we went on to Taupo. Um, Taupo is about an hour south of Rotorua, um, which is itself a couple hours south of Auckland, where we flew in. Um, we rented a pickup to make it easier to haul gear around, and that came in extra handy in Taupo. Uh, the big attraction there is Hookah Falls. This, that's what brings a lot of tourists uh, uh-huh. 
Puka Falls is this amazing outflow from Lake Taupo. So it's the Waikato River, which is the longest river in New Zealand, which runs through Lake Taupo. And then it drains out through this narrow gorge uh, and then off of these falls. And the water is is like this crystal blue. And Mm -hmm. it is really geologically a stunning development. Um, You can uh, rent and ride a bike up from the town of Topo to the falls and then on to Aratiatia Dam, uh, which apparently at 10 a.m. every morning they open. And that's quite a thing to see. I didn't. Uh, you can also go to uh, Craters of the Moon, which is a mountain bike park about a kilometer from the falls. I, I didn't end up doing either of those things, though. And again, uh, this is more because I wanted to see more of the country uh, and have <laughs> a little bit more adventure. I opted for another 30 plus kilometer loop from the town of Kinlock, which is one bay over from Taupo. And that loop goes out to Kawakawa Bay, which is one another bay further down. Mm. Uh, and it goes it like snakes up through the bush and back down to the water. And this is called the K to K loop or Kinlock to Kawakawa. Uh, from a terrain perspective, it was a lot like the forest loop in Rotorua. It's very flowy. Uh, and tropical, uh, mm-hmm. so not technically challenging, but um, but really fun and beautiful. You can also do from there what's called the W to K loop, which is like Wakapo to Kinlock, and these are both part of the Great Lakes Trail system that that is right there along the northern shore of Lake Taupo. Mm. Um, before this trip, I didn't know uh, this place existed. If you'd said, "Have you?" Where is Topo? I'd have been like, I don't know, Arizona. Um, <laughs> but Lake Topo is a crater lake. It's 120 miles around. Um, oh, it's, wow. it's Yeah, it's massive. Uh, the Great Lake Trail has four sections, and they're all sort of lush tropical vegetation, waterfalls, broad, high lake views, uh, gorges, like tropical gorges. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's an amazing place. Um, yeah, sounds it. I mean, yeah, my- it, it sounds like you got what I was hoping for when I went to Costa Rica a few years ago. Mm. Uh, our riding was mostly kind of dirt road, fire road, that sort of thing, um, mm. because they don't have any single track there because it'll overgrow too quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was s- hoping for single track and it didn't need to be machine cut, but, you know, I was I wanted single track in the jungle. Yeah. Yeah. I really did get that. I could imagine that the um the climate so the climate in New Zealand isn't quite as relentless as I think it is in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. I think New Zealand is a bit drier so things don't grow over as quickly. But they've also as a country they've invested so much more sort of per square mile or square kilometer or hectare or whatever in (laughs) conservation than we have in this country. Mm -hmm. You know, in this country, we kind of let the let we've opened Pandora's box and pillaged and raped the countryside. And now we're trying to put it back in. Begrudgingly. And I think there they've taken a much more they did clear cut a long, long time ago, but I think they've been putting it all back together for much longer than we have. Mm-hmm. And paying mm-hmm. a lot more attention to preservation. Um, mm. 
Yeah, I mean, there are areas here where conservation is very active, but then there are a lot where it's not at all. So, um, so yeah, I got single track in in the jungle. They don't say jungle; they say forest or bush. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. They also call trails tracks. Um, right, right. My day on the K to K loop was a bit funny because despite being told twice by two different people to ride the loop clockwise, I had a brain fart and rode counterclockwise anyway. Um, mm. Which and was that fine. resulted in. That well, resulted in. It in, resulted in me doing a, a lot more climbing, apparently, than I needed to. <laughs> I ran into a Kiwi couple just past the halfway point, and they said, but you've just climbed up the bonus descent. You've really done it the hard way. Uh, they were pretty amused. Uh, and that explains, explains why this one completely kicked my ass also. <laughs> the silver lining is that the trail begins and ends on the beach in Kinlock. So I was able to go for a swim and get an ice cream when I got back. And that was pretty wow. magic. Yeah. Yeah. Like the end of the trail, you come down off this high sort of lake cliff or bluff. Uh, and that's a fantastic kind of switchback, fast switchback descent. And then you roll down along the shore right onto the beach. And there's just a spot there. You get whatever you want, ice cream wise. So I got a, a full gas Coke and an ice cream and I stripped down to my bike uh, shorts and went straight in the water. And it was cool and refreshing i mean it, it, it's the stuff of dreams mm-hmm. well i mean it, you, you did what is supposed to happen on a vacation you had an amazing time yes yeah 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 I hate you. yeah fair enough and <laughs> and well that's kind of the riding that i did for logistical reasons and because i was traveling with a non-cyclist i only managed those two days of riding but they were two big amazing <laughs> days Honestly, I could have spent my whole week in Rotorua or Taupo. Mm. Or I could have taken on the Timber Trail, which is a two-day, 85-kilometer route through the center of the North Island. And there are, there are actually tons more long-distance backcountry routes there. Um, mm. Yeah. It's like, it like bikepacky stuff? Yeah, bikepacky stuff. And every town has big uh, bikepacker, backpacker hotels hospitals like right in the center of town and they're you know i feel like in america it's sort of like well if you need a a cheap place to say i guess you could go over there whereas there they're (laughs) like come on in everyone we know you're doing that you know we know you've been like on the trail for three days stay here wash up like it's it's just built for adventure there Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah oh that sounds amazing I found it utterly beguiling. Um, We did take a day to do the Tongariro Crossing, uh, which is a 19K hike up through a volcanic pass. And it's got these high, bright blue lakes and a deep red crater. Uh, It was definitely what I imagine a walk on Mars to be like if they had water. Um, (laughs) And that was another really hard day. We were on that trail for like six and a half hours. Mm. but very worth it very worth it and a lot of these places have like protected maori 
areas, like one of the lakes uh, up high by the volcano there is sacred. You're you're not allowed to touch it. Okay. And there's another lake that. on there was another lake on the forest loop that was that is off limits to non-Maori as well. Um they seem to be doing a better and better job of like honoring the indigenous cultural heritage and setting aside places um that are really up to the Maori to decide who who comes in and who doesn't. And unlike in this country where it's like, you can have that parcel over there. Yes. It's a little swampy. (laughs) Right. Um, there are some really nice areas that are, have been, um, returned to Maori control. So it's, it's imperfect. I think it's an imperfect situation over there. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it looks a lot better than ours for whatever that's worth. Yeah. I mean, uh, the effect of colonialism hasn't been good anywhere. No, uh, but it there. It sounds like they're doing a better job than we are, which uh, is no great achievement. That's right. That's right. Um, so a few last notes. The food in New Zealand is okay. Um, the ingre- <laughs> yeah, yeah. The ingredients are mostly fresher than here in the states. Uh, I would say, like, even when you get the fast food there, it's better than any of the fast food here, qualitatively. It's just that the breadth of cuisine available isn't very wide. It reminded me a lot of the UK, where, like, everywhere you go, the same things are on the menu. Uh Um, They eat a fair number of savory pies, as I mentioned, like the British, and that's actually a, a really good choice for travel food. Mm. Um, The coffee situation is also not great. Uh, they don't, they don't brew a lot of coffee. It's all espresso drinks. Um, they're a kind of standard coffee. Like if you walk in and you're getting a coffee Mm -hmm. is a flat white, which is a lot milkier than anything I like to drink. Um, for, (laughs) for those of us who like what I'll call in quotes, real coffee, it got pretty tedious. We did on the last day, find a place that was brewing what they call filter coffee and that it was it was a real revelation after whatever ten days of suffering, you know, milky coffee drinks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, because that is a food group for you, coffee. Yes, yeah. And I don't, I you know, I hate to be critical. I I think the only reason I include this about the food and the coffee at the end is because um, otherwise you would think it's the most perfect place on earth. Oh. Well, you know, I, I don't recall who the writer was, but I remember in seventh grade reading a short story, I believe it was just titled Utopia, but it was about a utopia. And there was this composer who wrote this insanely dissonant music and everybody files into this theater to hear it. And the music starts playing and because it upsets utopia, there's this wild riot and it just descends into anarchy and madness. Um, and maybe the food there is their way of making sure that it's not an absolute utopia. Maybe, maybe, or, or as we said a second ago, the depredations of colonialism, uh, persist (laughs) (laughs) or that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So now let's, let's talk logistics. You rented there rather than take something with you. Um, first, 
what caused you to result in that decision? Um, well, I went over for a wedding and I had to manage a suit. And so I just didn't think I could manage a giant bike bag. I also didn't think I was going to be, you know, if I had been riding every day while I was there, I probably mm-hmm. would have brought a bike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was, I didn't really know what the trout, there were so many things I didn't know. Gotcha. Um, yeah. that I thought I'll rent and they're set up for it. I mean, there mm-hmm. are proper mountain bike shops there. So they weren't, the bikes weren't afterthought bikes or they weren't down market bikes for mm-hmm. lack of a better term. You know, they were like performance mountain bikes. Oh, okay. What did you rent? Um, I rented two full suspension bikes while I was there. I, the first day in Rotorua, I rode a giant trance. Uh huh. Yeah. And, and then in Taupo, I had a Scott genius. Oh, both, awesome. Both awesome. of which were just fine. Mm hmm. Um, that might be one where I suffer for the fact that I have what I think is the best full suspension bike on the market. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but they were fine. Um, on the first bike, I had the brake livers swapped. You could pay oh. extra to have them swapped. Oh, okay. Because, you know, in, in New Zealand, in much of the rest of the world, they ride moto style. Yeah. Uh, which is right hand front brake. Yeah. That would kill left- me. Left hand rear, right. Um, I rode the Scott in the moto setup, uh, and that brings up a few things about how to have a successful rental. (laughs) Okay, okay. So the first one uh, is, and I'm pretty, I'm usually pretty loath to mess with a bike setup unless it's my bike, but I would have enjoyed both of these bikes more, I think, if I'd taken 10 minutes to set up tire pressure and suspension sag. Oh yeah. No question. I didn't do it because I didn't know what the terrain was. I was like, am I going to let myself, you know, they know what this terrain is like. So they must be giving me the bikes the way they think they should be ridden. I I don't agree, but please continue. Well, I was wrong. So you're right. <laughs> That's correct. Circle gets the square. Um, <laughs> Uh, they gave me both of these bikes with rock hard tires and I let some, yeah, I let some air out, but I could have gone a lot farther if I had known what I was actually coming Uh to. Uh And it would have made the fast switchback descents more fun, uh, even with the reverse brake levers on the second bike. Uh, second observation is I ride large mountain bikes, even though I'm on the small size of the range. Mm-hmm. Um, they tried to put me on a, the second bike, they tried to put me on a medium and I was like, this is a clown bike. You have to like, this isn't going to work for me. Um, but that usually also means that the sp- suspension is too stiff. Like they expect me to be bigger. So I could have, and should have softened things up a bit. Both bikes even came with suspension lockout levers, uh, which I don't mm-hmm. have on my bike. Um, right. So toggling to climbing mode wouldn't have been a problem. I should have just done all that stuff. I was, I felt a little partially I was intimidated and distracted by the adventures and adventures in front of me. Right. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I, I literally didn't know how big the climbs would be. 
Would there be bank turns or not bank turns? Would the right. soil be loose? Yes, it was. Or would it be <laughs> tacky? So I, I just didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do too much to the bikes as they were because I, I just didn't know. Sure. Um, in retrospect, I would have spent the time to do some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, when you also, when you don't know where you're riding, uh, it makes sense to opt for the longest rental term you can get like all day. If that's an option, um, <laughs> that, I had originally thought uh-huh. I'd be done in a half day. Uh huh. Uh, cause I thought, oh, am I going to ride more than four hours? Well, no, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. There are too many logistics and too much to explore for me to ever get away with the half day option. I should just, just, and I think most people, if you're riding in a place you don't know, you don't know how far you want to maximize your experience. If you can just do the whole day option. Mm-hmm. I, I was lucky I was able to upgrade both of those. Um, which is crazy, really. And that's another thing I will say. Everywhere I went in New Zealand, now it's summer there. Uh, yeah. It's high tourist season, but nothing was crowded. We didn't huh. wait. We didn't wait a minute at any restaurants. We didn't. Nothing that we wanted to do was hard to get into. It was amazing. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's like Disneyland without the lines. I, I, Which is a bad this, metaphor this, because it would, I would find it actual torture to go to the real Disneyland myself. But, but that, the metaphor, I think, works. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my head around that because my experience of Disneyland is standing in lines mostly. Right. Yeah. I, you would think you'd show up at uh, the mountain bike center in Rotorua and wait for your rental or wait to check in or wait for really anything. And that wasn't the case at all. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, what did the rentals run? Uh, I forget what the currency there is. Uh, it's dollars. Um, right, but their dollar, and so what? I don't have any idea what the conversion is. Their dollar is like seventy cents on our dollar. Oh, okay. So it feels like a discount. Yeah, yeah. I think you know, for the whole day rental, it was about a hundred bucks, New Zealand, and so seventy dollars. Okay. Generally, things there feel cheaper. Hmm. Um, food, food's a bit expensive. Um, but only a little bit, the hotels that we stayed in nice hotels everywhere and they were definitely affordable relative to our hotels. Mm, That's nice to hear. Yeah. I mean, we, so we, I was splitting a room with my friend. We get not the absolute nicest place in town, but one, you know, like among them. And it Mm -hmm. was, it was probably 150 New Zealand, so like 110 US, so 55 bucks each. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, very very doable. Um really doable, everything well located. Uh all the stuff we wanted to do in both towns wasn't more than a 10-minute drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, in both places we stayed in town. So we walked to, we would basically show up in town, park the truck, walk to breakfast, lunch, and dinner, 
I mean, the second day that I rode when I, we were in Taupo, my friend went fly fishing again. So we split up, but his guide picked him up at the hotel and I just drove the truck to Kinlock to ride after I picked up the bike. It was, it was great and no traffic. The other thing about the driving there is everyone drives a lot slower. The speed limit in most places is 100 Ks, so 60 miles an hour. Uh Um, And everyone drives it, and no one is crazy. Wow. Very little honking, even in Auckland, in the city. Huh. Yeah. The whole experience was just chill. Very attractive, very attractive from a lifestyle point of view. And my nephew who lives there, he's there. They're going to stay there for at least, I don't know, another year and a half. And and they, their take on it was they had moved there from New York and they were like, it's just so easy to live here, (laughs) (laughs) which I could really feel. In fact, even since I've been back, I got back. So today is Wednesday. We're recording. I got back late Monday night. So I've been back here, what, 36 hours or so. Mm-hmm. And, um, I already feel the tension rising. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I'm doing everything I can to hold it back, but it's, it's a stark, <clears throat> stark difference. Wow. Um, um the, yeah. the time difference between, uh, new England and there, how many hours difference was that? 18 hours. Um, but interestingly, so you cross the international dateline as you go across right. the Pacific. So, so if it's noon here in New England right now, it's midnight tomorrow mm-hmm. for them. No, I'm getting that wrong. It's sorry. It's, it's six o'clock in the morning. Six o'clock tomorrow morning. Yeah. 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 So you're you're in you're usually in a different day. Uh, <laughs> than yeah. your people back home. And that was very strange. But the, the other up, the, I would say the upside of that is um, it's it, to your body. It only feels like a six hour difference. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. <clears throat> um, it was not hard to acclimate. I was wiped out because the traveling is 24 to 30 hours. Um but the actual time difference isn't that hard to manage. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm. Um, One last thing I wanted to say about bike rentals. It's a really good idea to discuss your route with the rental operator. Like I did research in advance, Mm -hmm. but I didn't settle on anything until I got there and was able to talk to someone. I didn't want to kind of get in over my head or waste precious time on like a standard bike park. I could have gone to craters of the moon in Taupo. Um, but the woman I talked with at the rental shop said, Oh, they've just redone it and it's really dusty and you're not going to see natural forest terrain. Like you want, you're just going to see a bike park. Um, mm. and that's really not what I was into. So she said better to drive the bike over to Kinlock and head into the bush. Um, if I'd only listened to her advice, advice and ridden the, the uh, clockwise loop instead of the counterclockwise, <laughs> But definitely worth a consult. But that trail system, not one way. Um, no, most people do ride it the other way. As I said, someone I did get passed by one old dude who said, you're going the wrong way. And then his his kid who was with him said, it's two ways. And I was like, it is two ways, but I probably should have gone the other way. <laughs> yeah. OK. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. 
Wow. Um, and you were just on one of the two islands. Oh, yeah. I wrote a fraction of what's available in the two small areas that I visited on the one island. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. It, you would be there. You would be there for every vacation if it wasn't, well, I guess, 6,000 miles away from you across the Atlantic. Right. Right. But having said that, it's not far. Like when you go to Europe, mm-hmm. it's the same deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So actually, you should be in New Zealand as soon as you can be. I, I'm hoping next year. That's yeah. my hope next year. Yeah. 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 Um, wow. Uh, I mean, it had already been, <clears throat> it had already been way, way up my list of destinations. Um, you know, just for, for vacation in general, but also because like I knew I could take a mountain bike with me and just ride myself into abject fatigue and love every second of it. Yeah, I think that's right. I think the idea that you could leave whatever the winter is here and go to high summer there um, and ride world-class, world-class single track, <clears throat> endless world-class single track. You should just do it. You should just, you should just be right on that. And coat myself in a white titanium gloss latex paint before I yeah. go outside. Yes. Yes. Very much so. Um, I'm trying to think of other, other things I could say about it, but it was, it was something I, I so I went because my nephew got married to a, a woman from New Zealand. Um, so this, this trip was just me saying yes to, I'll show up for the wedding. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but knowing what I know now, it's asinine that I haven't tried to get there previously. <laughs> well, that's a particular sort of bottom line. Yes. You know, uh, I, I should have done this before now. I should have done this before now. And it also points out all of the other places that I haven't been that I need to get to before, yeah. you know, the clock stops ticking. Like I've never ridden in British Columbia Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that probably needs to happen. Um, there are a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot to cover. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I won't Amazing. get to it all, but yeah. Cool, man. Uh, you've got me very excited. Uh, I'm going to do some maps debating, uh, <laughs> sometime in the next few nights. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, Jennifer and I will, uh, I don't know, maybe we'll even pull up, uh, Google earth and, and do it that way. Um, get a better sense of the terrain. Well, I would be happy to give you, uh, input on the places that I didn't go, but have already researched. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cause they are set up to win like that timber, that 85 K timber trail. There is an inn at the halfway point. Like it is, it is set up to be done. Mm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Friendly people. You already speak the language mostly. And, uh, just drive on the other ride. side of the road. Just drive on the other side of the road, which 
which I've done plenty of because I've driven in the UK. But um, right. the one thing that's very different is that the turn signal. So in the UK, the turn signals on the left and in New Zealand, it's on the right. So uh, when you a lot of times when you signal, you turn your wipers on by accident. So that's uh, uh-huh. that's the big challenge. But driving on the other side, especially in an automatic uh, transmission is not not the greatest challenge. And th- right. there's very little track there. So even, you know, the stakes are never that high. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, man. Uh, one other yeah. thing. One other thing yeah. I'll add real quickly is that um, here in the States, if you were going to a trailhead or going to a shop or going th- there is an you have to pay to park in this place and you can only park over there and don't park in this place because you get towed in New Zealand. Go anywhere. Stick your car anywhere. It's all free. You know, they're not trying to get every last cent out of you. It just I found myself hesitant. Like, can I actually park in this parking lot? And people were like, yeah, why? Why wouldn't you be able to park in that parking lot? And I thought, oh, yeah, good point. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, awesome. All righty. Well, next week we'll be back to a more normal episode um maybe not quite as exciting as this one uh yeah now maybe now i'm itching to pull up uh google earth uh yeah (sighs) that's a wrap on another episode of the pace line we'd love to hear your thoughts on anything we talked about today or well i guess it's all new zealand right yeah tell me where i'm wrong (laughs) fight Um, me yeah uh but feel free to leave a comments at the cycling independent and while you're there please subscribe uh toy boat please consider subscribing we have three five and ten dollar options as well as a tip jar your drought your i just can't even talk today give us your money we need all your money to continue paying all the people and the costs that take in it takes to produce all this uh happy nonsense yeah there we go um until next week i'm patrick brady with john lewis thanks for listening to the pace line